Good afternoon, everyone. It's Two Reasonable Men with another episode. Uh, my name is Dan Starbuck Pelletier, and I've got Carlos Barahona with me. Hey, Carlos. How's it going, Danny? Good, good. So we got a really juicy subject today, uh, tolls in Connecticut. Um, I'm a Connecticut resident. I've been for the majority of my life. Uh, and so it's very relevant because I have a business that spans the entire state. And so I really want to dive deep into the idea. So just to give you uh, a summary of what's going on, when Ned Lamont was running for governor last year, uh, he said that he wanted to put tolls for trucks, tractor trailers, because he really wanted to uh, hold those, those trucks accountable for using the roads going from New York City to Boston and so forth. They're using the roads, but they're not paying for them. And a lot of people supported that. Uh, but then after he became governor uh, earlier this year or late last year and now this year, he's been uh, he changed his idea. Uh, he wants to toll everyone, passenger cars and tractor trailers and buses, everybody. And uh, statistics are estimating that that will change things to about 29 percent uh, tractor trailers paying tolls and 71% coming from passenger cars. So that's a big difference. And a lot of Connecticut people are up at arms about it uh, because of the change and then also the increased tax because, I mean, they call it a toll, but it, you know it's a tax. And um, Connecticut is the second highest tax state uh, on its people. So it's already a tough state to live in because of that. And so this would be another one. So people are upset, uh, but there is a necessity to correct a lot of the infrastructure. The trains are wearing down. The traffic is is high. The average miles per hour on Route 95 is 33 miles per hour. Um, and so there's a need to correct our infrastructure and improve it. Uh, but the disagreement is on how, how do we get the funding for that? Is it tolls or is it other ways? And so, Carlos, Tell us from, from Alabama. You, I don't even know if you've ever, have you ever been to Connecticut? I have not. You've never been to no, Connecticut. So this is a, but you do work in logistics. I do. Uh, so, so I feel like it's relevant to you, even though you're not in the state. So I want to hear your opinion on it. It sure is. Well, a uh, couple of things. Yes, uh, me being in the transportation logistics world, uh, there is a, uh, a, a big deal whenever there are tolls in certain routes. And uh, we deal with it. You know, with some of our routes that go through Pennsylvania, they go through Connecticut, uh, the Northeast area. Uh, obviously, those routes are going to be more expensive as uh, the drivers not only have to spend money on, on, on more fuel because, it, you know, fuel is pretty, pretty high in the Northeast as far as prices go. But now when you include tolls, that means that the route will be more expensive. Uh, that price will be passed on to the OEM, so the car manufacturer. And eventually, you know, as you and I know, Whenever you and I buy a car, that price will be paid by us. Uh, so, you know, you're not only increasing tax on people now, but down the road, whenever you purchase the vehicle or whatever goods that you happen to purchase, prices will go up overall. Because, you know, trucks and trailers, that's how you move a lot of, uh, you know, mainly everything within the United States. Right. So, so if we put the tolls on... Uh, then maybe prices of normal goods in Connecticut will go up even more. That's and, exact, yeah, correct. And so in the end, it's uh, us paying double because we have to pay the tolls and then we have to pay um, 
the the increased price. Another interesting thing is uh, they're talking. See, the thing is that they haven't come out with an exact proposal. So a lot of people are at arms, but the 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 legislators are saying, look, we haven't come out with anything. So what are you complaining about? Because they're saying we're going to discount for Connecticut residents. Uh, and what is that discount going to be? They're not sure. The estimations are 30%, which a 30% would put you at 4.4 cents per mile. Understood. Uh, so, yeah. so, four, so you just got to think of it like this, a nickel every mile if you're a Connecticut resident. And there is not an increased discount for low-income families. So uh, those low-income families will be paying the same 4.4 cents, a nickel, as the wealthy people in Connecticut. And that's, a, that's something that... For example, uh, a Democratic senator in Connecticut, uh, the stamp from Stanford, is saying that he wants it to be 80% discount, or he will vote no. And real quick, just so everyone understands where it is in terms of getting voted on, uh, all the Republicans in Connecticut say they will vote no. There are 16 more Democrats in Connecticut than Republicans. So essentially, the Republicans need to convince 16 Democrats to say no. And a lot of them are saying four from Danbury are saying no and so forth. So their estimations are that it might not even pass, just so you know. And if it did, it would be 2023 that they are finally built. So it's not going to happen tomorrow, number one. Number two, it might not even happen. But the debate is now. So, Carlos, you were telling me a story uh, about you know a way that Alabama uh, brought in new business and new dollars to the state and helped out. What was that story? Correct. Yes. I, well, as I mentioned to you, I was able, fortunate enough to attend a dinner where uh, a lot of the Alabama uh, suppliers and companies that have come from Germany, you know, kind of gather together. And it's a uh, it's an organization that, that tends to those uh, German businesses. Uh, but anyway, uh, make a story short, Jim Folsom Jr., a, he was the governor of Alabama, which, by the way, you know, he was, he was a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... Uh, heard about Mercedes-Benz wanting to expand their operations outside of Germany, and he basically did everything he could to rally the state and present a good business plan for them because Alabama had to be in the map. Mm-hmm. So the guy faced a lot of uh, pushback, obviously, because many tax incentives were given. But uh, you know, fast forward 25-plus years, uh, Mercedes-Benz has brought insane amounts of business to the state of Alabama, infrastructure to the Tuscaloosa area, Birmingham area. And also, you know, all the other suppliers that have followed, you know, now Alabama is actually very recognized. It's a very recognized state overseas because of this. So Mercedes has brought suppliers. It's brought, you know, so much business. And that was a way of of creating. And and the guy was extremely proud. He was given a recognition because now Mercedes just announced they're going to build a new plant here for batteries for over a billion dollars of an, of an investment. Let me ask you something. Did he get a lot of pushback when he gave them tax breaks to come in? Oh, of course, yes. Like that was, that was a big deal. You know, talking to a few gentlemen uh, that I work with, they, re- they remember the, the issue. And you know, many people were not happy with uh, Jim Folsom Jr. But uh, you know, he's proven that uh, business and, and, and you know, the sort of creativity to bring jobs you know, has been great for the state. The, the interesting thing about this is I'm just wondering, and I've never been a politician uh, and I don't plan on becoming one, but I feel like any change 
will get pushback by somebody. And, and then it's just a long-term play. So one could argue that, that he's saying, that Ned Lamont is saying, look, I'm trying to help our business by making things faster in the state, by advancing our infrastructure. Uh, one thing that they said on um, the patch.com, a Connecticut paper, um, time saved overall by commu com commuters uh, will be about 20 million uh, hours per year in driving saved, and then uh, 500 million in economic benefits. So I, I think that maybe some people that support the tolls idea are thinking, yeah, the guy in Alabama did something that people didn't agree with. He gave him a tax break. Business came and they worked out. In this situation, it's like Ned Lamont's doing something that people don't agree with, okay? But it's to, to make things faster. They basically, they're saying that they would increase the speed from 33 miles per hour on 95 to 42. So that's much quicker, people getting from A to B quicker. Yeah, and, and, and I, I absolutely agree with your point. Here's the only problem. Well, number one, we're living in a different time. But number two is Mr. Lamont, from what I've read and you know, from, from all the information we've gathered, he promised a different thing whenever his campaign was running. He promised that tolls would only be for tractor trailers. So now he's going back on a promise, which you know, I, I don't know if... The, the, my problem is a politician right here is doing the typical thing that most people hate about politicians. And that is going back on their word and not doing what they promised. So either he didn't do his homework whenever he made his promise, or you know that's that's the question that yeah. I have, and that I'm sure a lot of you know people from Connecticut have. Yeah, and and I think that their reasoning would be that he came to realization, and I think that it's important to stick to your word as a politician, but it's also important to stay open minded. So I don't know whether or not he didn't do his research or if this was a part of getting in office and then with all the votes because. You know, he didn't say the passenger cars and now he's doing it. Or if he just came to the realization that they need more money. Uh, my thought is that we need to correct our infrastructure. We need to make things quicker. All right. I've gotten stuck in traffic around here. It's, it's tough. All right. But I think there's got to be more innovative ways. And one reason I think that the tolls would be a bad idea is because it would isolate our towns and cities because people wouldn't drive back and forth if they don't need to. So people are going to drive to work and back and forth. But for example, with my business with Dick, uh, we do a lot of volunteer work. We match every paid lesson, chess and soccer, with a free lesson. That's our business model. And so I send coaches 40 minutes to drive all the way to Bridgeport, Hartford, and South Norwalk, where everything we do in that, those cities is free. Every single thing we do. We haven't made a penny there. All right. And these people are driving there. I'm not paying them. Okay. They're volunteering their time, but I've convinced them to go do that. Now, if you think about it, a nickel per mile, all right, that could add up. I'm not going to be able to do the math on the top of my head right now, but I, now I am asking a, te a, a teacher to pay to go teach. Right in areas that are already underserved with their education. So you're killing their incentive, you know, out of nowhere. To go. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and so yeah. it, it, it could isolate those. Also, those, those people might not, 
you know, leave that area as much to go explore around, do different things because they have to pay. It's just going to make everyone think twice about driving places in Connecticut. But the thing that I've gotten the feeling in Connecticut is that people aren't, the towns aren't working together. They're isolated, it feels like. And so um, there's no teamwork. So, um, but one thing they're doing in, in Connecticut is, you know, in, in Hartford, they're bringing in a soccer team, which I think is really great because uh, it, it gets excitement going. Okay. They have the baseball team in Hartford. Uh, Hartford's doing a pretty good job of getting excitement going. So much like your, your story about the guy bringing a Mercedes, that's exciting. So I just think that, uh, that, that could be an example. Uh, what do you think some, some options are other than tolls to, to get things going? Get well, the funding. Well, yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And that's where politicians really have to get creative uh, to see what you have around, what you can work with. Uh, my other problem is that, uh, you know, it seems like the same party has been serving Connecticut for a few years now. So it seems like there's not really creative ways after many years of of uh, being, in, being in charge of, you know, making these decisions. And uh, I, I couldn't tell you, like I said, I'm, I haven't been to Connecticut. I, I'm not from there, but... You really have to, the politicians, in my opinion, what they have to do is make things easier for businesses to come in and create jobs. Like whenever a politician tells you that they created jobs, that, it, you know, it's very tough, at least in America. It's very mm -hmm. tough. A politician's job has to be facilitating businesses, you know, and if you have to give incentives, that so be it as far as, you know, tax incentives. But uh, I, I don't know, you know, bringing bringing businesses and, and, and going out after, you know, big bids whenever companies are, are looking, I, I think that's that's a great deal. And, and you know, I understand Mr. Lamont wants to create great infrastructure, but uh, perhaps they need to they need to address it in a different way. And I wanted so, to ask you, I wanted to ask you um, if you voted uh, for Mr. Lamont. Right. So, so I actually, um, this subject has inspired me to start voting. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I did not participate in the voting process. I've always just viewed myself as a, um, go out and do things. Uh, and I can't affect the, the, because my one vote, what's that going to do? But now I actually just registered. I registered to vote. Um, and so I'm registered. I'm ready to vote. I will vote in the next in any opportunity. Um, and sometimes I think people need, just need a wake up call. Uh, and so the thing that the thing that strikes me uh, a lot right here is that this seems like you know Nemo Lamont is from Greenwich, and, and from what I've read, he's extremely wealthy. Uh, and he came in talking about uh, you know all the democratic views out there about you know um, you know helping the the poor and the people that are struggling in the middle class. And so this tolls, all right, uh, a lot of people are, that, that go to New York City that, that make a lot of money are, ride the train, okay? So these tolls are gonna really affect the heart of Connecticut, all right? The middle class and the poor that have to drive around to, do, to their job. Uh, and so I just, I just feel like, you know, and he's also, there are rumors going around of him adding a soda tax in the state, uh, him also adding a coin laundry tax in the state. Coin laundry, who uses laundry? Not rich people. Rich people have laundry in their house. You know, and the coin laundry, it's not like that, that the, the coin laundry companies are just going to increase the price of 
the coin laundry. It's just going to come right down to the people that are using the coin laundry. Soda. Exactly. Yep. Who, who drinks soda? People that are uneducated most of the time about health issues with soda, right? And so uh, I feel like the taxes that he's adding, it, it's, it's weird because like, I, I feel like everyone thinks, oh, he's just he's increasing taxes. He's making more equality. Well, he seems as though with tolls, soda tax, coin laundry tax, it seems as though he's taxing the poor and the middle class. And he's letting the, the, the wealthier people, what happened to the talks of, of taxing the, the wealthier people on a, over a certain amount that they make? What about estate taxes? You know, people making an exuberant amount of money. Uh, I know I sound super liberal with that, but I've always agreed with uh, estate tax, high estate tax, uh, because people are inheriting money that they didn't earn. Okay. Uh, I've already told my parents that I don't want any of their inheritance. I don't want to change my lifestyle. I work my butt off and I enjoy it. All right. And also, if I started making over $10 million a year, what am I going to do with $11 million a year? All right. So I, I know I sound super liberal, but maybe, maybe doing taxes like that seems like they could spare the money. Okay. These people out of Bridgeport that got to drive to Stanford to work can't spare a nickel per mile. They can't, and they can't spare an extra 25 cents per laundry load. They can't. Right. And, you know, that's, that's, what our, that's, that's my whole uh, thing in, in this issue. I feel like whenever you're creating a tax or imposing a tax on the people, you're not getting creative with your budgeting, right? You're already given a certain amount of money. And, you know, I'm okay with paying taxes here in Alabama. The roads are great where I live, uh, you know. As opposed to in Mexico, you pay great taxes, um, and, and, you know, and you don't see. Yeah, right. So I'm okay with paying a certain amount of taxes. Now I do want, uh, I, I do want the, the most out of my money because I've added value to society. Uh, but these politicians already have a budget, and they've been given this to work with. So I don't understand why they cannot change things on their end instead mm -hmm. of making, you know, regular citizens pay for whatever they think it's the most efficient way to bring a better infrastructure. I, well, I'm not sure. The, the population of Connecticut is decreasing every year. So there's less people to take care of in the city, in the state that we have the second highest tax. We're the second highest taxed people in the country. Okay. So money's coming in less people to take care of. Okay. And it's just every year I feel like they're constantly saying we're broke. We have no more money. We can't fix anything. We can't do anything. It's like, where is this money going? And I hear that maybe it's, it's some pension deals they signed with the people that work in the government. And it's hard to go back on that because, you know, you agreed to something with somebody. But um, it, it just seems like you're saying, like, can we dive deep into how the money's being spent and get more uh, efficient with it? Exactly. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, you and I don't have the right. reason out. And I think the budgeting is, is a great thing. I, I think that's something I'm not sure if it's available to uh, citizens, you know, in the state of Connecticut or, you know, I think that should be public information as to, to know how politicians are spending the money and for regular citizens that perhaps have business uh, experience to be right. able to pitch in and help out. Uh, and, and that's another problem with, I feel like the way that, the you know, the by party system works in America. You know, you just have you have either left or right, and there's not really in the middle anything. Which I think you and I will fall there in the middle, and uh, I think that's something that maybe 
people my age, your age, can start changing as the years go on. You know? Right. So. Yeah. It, it, as I'm trying to figure out, like I registered as a Republican, okay, but um, I'm in favor of an extremely high estate tax bill. Uh, tax. I'm in favor of taxing uh, above a certain amount per year, a high, like as in like over 10 million, let's tax them 70, 80, I don't know, but a lot. Okay. But at the same time, there's a lot of things that I agree with on the Republican side. So I, I'm just, I th what I hope is that I continue to look at things reasonably and, and analyze it, not just because my party, a Republican comes in office. Right. I mean, I might even like make it my habit to switch every year, become a Democrat next year and a Republican back and forth, something of that and, nature. And my idea is, is a little bit different. It's it's really I mean, I think there should be a, a, a third party movement and start supporting your your independence, because, uh, you know, I will disagree with the whole, you know, high tax, because that could be money that you could be using to create more jobs uh, if you really want to get creative with it. Uh, so you. I don't know. You know, it's I, I will fall in the middle, like I said, and and I think perhaps Republican Democrat, that may not be the answer. Maybe the answer is create a new movement, and and right. I don't know. That sounds very, you know. I the thing is, I just don't trust. I just don't trust the ultra rich to give back. And one thing I was watching yesterday, I was watching this documentary about Theodore Roosevelt and Franklin Roosevelt, and. One person that lived during the Theodore Roosevelt time in the early 1900s was uh, J.P. Morgan, and J.P. Morgan was was one of the wealthiest men in in the United States, and he was quoted saying, "I owe the public nothing." That was like his main quote from his life, I think. Like that's all they included. <laughs> he said, "I owe the public nothing," and this was a guy that was making tons of money. Uh, and you can imagine the labor, like the, they just controlled people back then. Right. You know? and, and that's, that's, that's another thing that I'm a hundred percent with you where the government must step in. That reminds me of, uh, the, the issues that, um, the guy from the gasoline, uh, Rockefeller, mm -hmm. you know, he basically created monopolies and, 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 and that is, I think at that, at that point, the government has to step in and say, Hey, what's going on with this? You know, right. So, so I'm in, I'm not in favor of tons of, of taxes and tolls on the people that are trying to make it, the people that are down right now. And it's like, you have to give people hope. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that cities that are doing well have a vibe about them, have hope about them, you know? And, and so if you are continuing to add taxes and tolls and, and things like that to people that are already down and out, then they start committing crime, right? They start doing things. They try to beat the system. Maybe they don't. They don't pay, uh, pay taxes. They start doing everything under the table, you know. But if they have hope for growth, for a bright future, for example, I have a chess and soccer business. Parents are always asking me, "You want me to pay in cash?" And they like wink at me. Hey, you want me to pay in cash? Because they know, like, all right, pocket that cash, and that's it. That's done, right? But I have lofty goals with this. I, I intend on having DIG be an, a national program, international program, helping people around the world and making a lot of money along the way. And therefore, I want to be ready for an audit at any day. Call an IRS right now. Have them come look at my books. We've paid taxes on every penny we've made, every penny we've made, because I, have, because I have the hope of doing something great. 
when people don't have hope, they just they they just have no regard for their community nor their society because they they're just like they're in survival mode. Right. All right. But people that are ultra wealthy, dude, they're okay. They could handle a little more. All right. The estate tax, man, you're you're getting money that you didn't even have anything to do with. Like you're living your life without that right now. Okay. So so I, I think that I think that if Connecticut right now were to number one, like you said, go after the budget, like dive into that, okay, become more efficient with what you're doing, number one, and number two, don't put in tolls, okay, don't put this coin laundry tax, uh, don't put the sugar tax uh, on the soda because people are still going to buy it, but they're just going to be that much more broke, okay? Put add, all right, be more efficient with the budget, and then add an estate tax in the state and add something above 10, 15, 20 million, a larger percentage, there's your money, okay? And we go from there. And that's me coming from a guy that does not do politics. So don't, you know, I'm sorry if I super offended some people because I don't know what I'm talking about, but that's my opinion. And now that I'm a voter, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, am a, I have a right to that opinion. What do you think? And that, that is great, yeah. Uh, for me right now, I get to wash my hands and say, I'm, I'm not an American citizen yet, so. Have some more time to think about things, but uh, but but I agree. I mean, it's time to get creative with our politicians. You have to also be demanding with your politicians. So, I think you have to vote, obviously, and get more involved uh, in, in things, uh, you know, that are public issues, uh, society issues. Uh, but now it's great to hear that uh, you know we're thinking about these things, and I think we can we need to make more podcasts in regards to social issues. That we can maybe pitch in ideas uh, right. and. Somebody will hear us and, and go on, you know, do something with it. it right? So what we'll do is we'll, we'll do another episode after they vote. Um, like I said, there's 16 Democrats, uh, 16 more Democrats and Republicans. So if 16 of the Democrats say no to the tolls, then it won't even happen. And then we could do another podcast on why it didn't happen. We can tell the story like we did today about what's going on and we can give our opinion on it. Um, and then also we're thinking about having another episode on what were you talking about? You wanted to do another episode on? Yeah, I really liked the, uh, well, I, I don't like it, but people paying in to, to get into this elite colleges, universities, I think that's a great topic and we can discuss it and see what we can do uh, with the educational system. I'm not sure if you think it's broken, but it seems to be a bubble at the moment. So. Yeah, we'll talk about it. All right. Well, thank awesome you meeting. everyone for listening. Thank you, Carlos. Great talking to you. We're, we'll do this more often, guys. Thank you for being with us and we'll see you in the next one. All right. Talk soon.